It's been said that every quilt tells a story, and it's so true. But I also believe every quilter has a story to tell. I wanted to hear about the people behind these wonderful quilts and thought you'd enjoy hearing about their lives also. Welcome to A Quilter's Life. Beth Minnick is such an encourager. She tells about encouraging news, but she also was very encouraging to me as we did this interview. She can find the beauty in projects that others would overlook. I loved her statement, the less you have, the more creative you have to be. Beth, I am so excited to talk to you today. Thanks for being on A Quilter's Life. Well, thank you, Paula, for inviting me for this interview. Uh-huh. Tell me about where you were born and raised. I was born and raised in Noblesville, Indiana. It was a small town at the time. It's much bigger today. It's the county seat, and it's still a great place to live. Can you share a special childhood memory of living there? Probably my best memories would be uh, my mother bought my sisters and I Schwinn bikes when we were fairly young. And it kind of gave us the freedom to get out and explore and ride. And those were the days that kids could be out until the streetlights came on and your parents didn't have to worry about you. And I guess I would have to say that's probably some of my fondest memories. And we lived a couple blocks from downtown and we'd ride our bikes downtown. And so those probably were some of the best memories for me growing up here. Neat. Let's talk about your employment. I was an interior decorator. I realized at a very young age that I had a great love for beautiful furnishings and my mother encouraged me along those lines so probably from about 12 years old I knew what I wanted to be I knew I wanted to be an interior decorator and I followed through with that and loved my work do you have a memory or a thought of when it really hit you that's what I want to be <laughs> I do my mother came home from work, and I told her we needed new curtains in the living room. And I had changed the living room around. <laughs> and she asked me what I had in mind for curtains, and I told her, so we went and bought them. And when we got done, my mother said, you just have such a knack and such an eye for decorating. And that's when it hit me. That's when I really realized... That's what I wanted to be. What a blessing for your mom to do that. Yes, it really was. We used to go to the decorator show homes. Oh, fun. And, you know, I would see curtains in a young girl's bedroom or a coverlet or something, and mom would just sketch it out and go home and make it for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And tell me about who started you in business. I moved to New England right after I got out of college, and I worked in interior design commercially. 
And then I met a gal through that that owned her own custom drapery shop. And we became friends and she asked me if I would like to come to work for her. And I was so intrigued with her because she did not use a pattern for anything. Oh, wow. So I went to work for her. And that is how she taught me to make window treatments, bedding. Everything she taught me to make was without a pattern. Wow. And how long did you have your company? I had my own business for about 27 years. Wow. And then you retired from that. Was it hard to let that go? It was. It was a job that never felt like a job because I enjoyed it so much. It just was so wonderful to be able to go into someone's home and design a window treatment, go back and make it, go back and install it. But my parents were getting elderly and really needed help. And my husband really pointed that out to me that I really needed to be done working and I really needed to be there for them. So it was hard to give up, but it was for a very good cause. Mm -hmm. Now, I saw that you were a 4-H sewing judge. Tell me about that. Well, I was involved in 4-H as a youth. And then I was approached about being the sewing coordinator for our local 4-H. I did that for seven years. And then I left that to help our sons through the last years of their Boy Scouts and into their Eagle Scout projects. And then I went back to 4-H as a 4-H judge for the state of Indiana. You get invited to a county to judge. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I judged around many counties. And then I was invited to judge at the state fair. And that is something that I have really enjoyed getting to that level. I guess it's kind of been an accomplishment for me to get to that level. It's something I just really enjoy because I really enjoy encouraging today's youth. And they need all the encouragement they can get. They do. Can you share with me an example of encouraging them? When I judge at Marion County, which would be the Indianapolis area, it's generally pretty poor area. Kids that don't have two parents in their home, some homes that don't have much of an income. And I have judged projects there that have been made out of dirty socks. Some of them that have been made out of really old sheets. Some of them that have been made out of tossed out clothing. And it always impresses me what these kids come up with to make out of what materials they can scrounge up. So I always make sure that whether I'm judging with them one-on-one, -on -one, they're sitting there with me, or if they're not and I'm just writing out comments for them, I'm always 
make sure that I highly encourage these kids and praise them for what they have done. Because you never know when you might be that one person that will make that big difference in their lives. Mm-hmm. Tell me about where you live now and how did you get there from where you were born and raised? Well, I'm back in the city that I was born and raised in. After I got out of school, I moved to New England and I was there for 15 years. And then I came back to this area, but my husband and I moved to a different part of the state. And after he retired for the second time, we moved to Florida and my mother went with us. My father had passed away and so my mother decided to come with us. And unfortunately, she didn't live very long after we moved down there. And during this whole process, I was going through breast cancer and just was kind of a really difficult time with losing my mom and being down there and being sick. And so we moved back to Indiana and with the way the housing market has been, it took us a couple of years to get to this house, which is the house. Hmm. So we're back in Noblesville and loving it. Cool. Loving being back, yeah, back in my hometown. And you have family there? I do. My two sisters live here. None of our children live in around here. But yes, I do have my two sisters here and my nephews and great nephews. Cool. Now, do either of your sisters quilt along with you? My oldest sister quilts. We don't quilt the same type of things, but she does quilt. And my mother had a quilting machine. And when she passed away, I asked my oldest sister if she would like to have it. She doesn't have the opportunities that I have and I just thought it would really be nice to offer it to her with just the exception that when I need to quilt something that I can use the machine or that she'll quilt it for me and so far it's worked out beautifully great opportunity to get together huh absolutely besides quilting what other crafts do you do or have you done Well, I've tried a little bit of everything. Through the years, as things are popular, I've done counted cross stitch. I've done needlepoint. I've done upholstery. I've done some leather work and some silver work. I've made jewelry. I'm one of those people that likes to stay busy all the time, and I have a really hard time if my hands are idle. (laughs) But I would have to say sewing is probably, you know, where my real true love is. Yeah. How about any other hobbies? I love to garden, both flower and vegetable. And this home that we now are in has afforded us both. So I'm really excited about that. So last year we had our first garden for the first time in a long, long time. Oh, wow. Yes. You must be so excited to be in that house. I am. And it had 
shrubbery that had been here since day one and we have ripped it all out and put in beautiful flower beds and I'm really anxious and excited for spring. (laughs) Oh, that is so cool. (laughs) Who introduced you to quilting? My mother had a huge impact on me. After she retired, she really just jumped into quilting. But I lived a thousand miles away. So if I was at home, I would see what she'd been working on. She was really good about always sending me pictures. But while I was out there in New England during that time, I took a quilting class. And in that class, I made a sample quilt so that we could get some experience working with a lot of different techniques. So that's where it started for me. Oh, neat. Can you tell me a couple of the different blocks that you had in that sample quilt? The one that probably sticks out in my mind the most is orange peel because it was so hard at the time. (laughs) Huh. I don't recognize that name. That was probably around 1983. Uh Uh-huh. So I don't know how often these names change, but it's got a piece in the middle that's kind of shaped like a football. And then you've got two sides that go on that. So you have to piece those sides to the roundness of both of those sides. Yeah, and it was called orange peel. So if you think about like peeling an orange, what I'm calling a football was kind of like an orange peel. Hmm. Yeah. And neat. That does sound hard. It was hard. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't done one since. (laughs) (laughs) Describe your favorite quilt pattern or a quilt that you have made. My favorite quilt that I have made, and I still absolutely love the pattern and admire any of them that I see, would be the Lone Star. Mm -hmm. I started this quilt in the late 80s. And life kind of got in the way, took some crazy turns for me, and I put it down, and I would pick it up about once a year and work on it for about a day. I was hand-piecing the star until about 10 years ago, we had a really bad storm over a weekend, ice and snowstorm, and I brought my sewing machine and sewing table upstairs and there wasn't much we could do except sit in front of the fire with the TV going. But I sat there and I sewed on that quilt. And over the next two or three days, I got the border put on it. And my husband and I were getting ready to go to Naples, Florida in a few weeks to enjoy some warmer weather. And my mother said, bring it over and I will quilt it for you on my machine while you're gone. If you think back to what the 80s were, it was the dark green, the dark reds, mm-hmm. kind of the country prints. Yeah. Ivories with little red hearts in them. So I had her quilt, the star itself, and then my border, I used the same fabrics. The border is all diamonds. But oh. I had her quilt, all the colored part of it, in red thread. And then all the background of the quilt was all in white. And I asked her to quilt that in white. 
And it really came out really beautiful, just really unique. So that quilt took 25 years to make. And my husband was just absolutely crazy about it. So we had an anniversary coming up. So I said, okay, honey, here's your anniversary gift. (laughs) And that's maybe one of only three of my quilts that I've ever made that I still have. Yeah. Isn't it amazing how many we can make and don't have? It is, but I guess I've never been one that wanted to hang on to them. Mm-hmm. You know, I enjoy making them and giving them away. I probably have more that my mother made than what I have of my own that I've made. Wow. How about a favorite color to work with? I don't have a favorite color palette. I would have to say right now where I'm at, I love a one color quilt with white, you know, regardless if that might be black and white or if it might be red and white or blue and white, but Mm -hmm. I can't really say I have anything that's a favorite. I guess from being an interior decorator, I love color and I have never really felt like I really got stuck into one color. Yeah. As a young kid, I got to go to a tour of the White House. And one thing that struck me was they had the different rooms. As we walked through, they were like, this is the red room. And this is, I can't even remember what colors they were, but (laughs) it was like, oh, cool. It's not the same. This is a whole different theme. I I love that that left an impact on you. That you noticed that. I mean, I think there would probably be a lot of people that went through there that never really were even impacted by that. I always figure it's because I was little. That's the makings of a great mind. (laughs) (laughs) But it's hard to pick a favorite color sometimes. Yes, it is. You know what my comfort zones are in my house, but to have a favorite color... You know, or a color that I go to more often than not, I would say I really don't. Mm-hmm. Tell me about a favorite tool. My eyes. I think the ability to see something in my head before I can put it down on paper or put it laid out in fabrics. I think I would have to say my eyes. And my mother always said, the less you have, the more creative you have to be. And I truly believe that. I don't have a stash of fabric. I have very little fabric. But when I want to make something, I go to what I have. And that's what I use. So does that include being able to see the colors and the different fabrics and be able to coordinate them well yes yes and you know there again I think that kind of goes back to what led me into being an interior decorator just love of color love of fabrics putting things together and I think you know I kind of am the same way at quilting I just look at what I have and figure out what I can come up with Mm mm-hmm I'm not saying I don't ever, ever, ever buy fabric, but if I buy fabric, 
it's going to be just the amount that I need for that fabric and that quilt. Yeah. So what is your favorite part of the quilting process? I guess probably picking out the pattern and then picking out what I'm going to use for fabric. Mm -hmm. But probably my favorite part would be seeing the end product. Oh, cool. I think that would probably be my favorite part. And usually when I make a quilt and I sit down to make it, other than that 25-year one, (laughs) um, I usually get them put together pretty quickly. Oh, do you? Mm Mm-hmm. And I think it's because I do have somebody in mind that it's going to be a gift for, Mm -hmm. that I usually don't linger with it. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of UFOs around. I try to finish that before starting the next one. My mother did not allow us to have unfinished projects. And that has stuck with me all these years. So, no, I don't have them either. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, for my fun question, what was your worst quilting experience? I made a quilt. My mother gave me about a dozen little blocks, maybe like about a six by six inch blocks that she picked up at an antique shop. And to me, they really had a Mexican flair. So I picked out colors that were in these blocks and they're red, a nice bright blue and an orange. So I incorporated those blocks and made this quilt with fabrics in those colors. And when I got it done, it's one of those quilts that people either love or people hate. And I absolutely love it. (laughs) My mother absolutely loved it. So that's really all I needed was my mom to love it. (laughs) But most people hate the quilt. It's going to go to one of my great nephews because those are his colors. Oh, neat. Yeah. Why do you make quilts rather than a different craft? I enjoy making quilts because, for one thing, I really love to give them away. I love the excitement of giving someone a quilt because they know how much work has gone into it because they know that I personally picked the colors for them. That to me is just really rewarding. I know whenever my mother would give me a quilt as a gift, it was something I just really really cherished to this day I still do you know I can pull out a quilt that she made this kind of makes me emotional Mm -hmm. and just see her sitting there stitching away all the work and love she put into those quilts and I think that people that you give them to usually feel that yeah So that's why it's one of my first choices of things that I enjoy doing. Are you working on something right now? I am. 
I'm working on a quilt that my mother started. She was a different kind of quilter than I am or than what my sister is. She would draw out her patterns on graph paper. And then she would go back and she would color them in with colored pencils. And then she would do all of her figures so she knew exactly how many pieces she needed of each fabric and each size. And when she passed away, there it was in a shoebox. And all of that paperwork is still with it. So I have been working on it. And it is going to go to the other great nephew. I have two great nephews, they're twins, and it's going to go to the other great nephew. And when I get finished with it, my oldest sister is going to quilt it. And that way I will have a quilt to give to each one of them that my mother had a hand in and I had a hand in and my sister had a hand in. How special for them. It is. They were old enough to know my mother, which was their great-grandmother, and we're very close to her. And they are two little guys that are very interested in things from our family, and they treasure them. So it'll be a good home for both of them. Oh, great. I bet it's emotional somewhat to work on that, too. It is. Are you going to frame her paperwork? That's a great idea. Thank you. Oh, I you're will. welcome. Wow. That was a wonderful idea. <laughs> you know what? I should frame it and I should give it to him when I give him that quilt. Yeah, that'd be cool. Because it's in your mom's handwriting. Yes, it is. And when you see all these figures that she did, if you're not a person that does figures, when you figure a quilt like that, you're going to be amazed. <laughs> <laughs> Describe your sewing area. My sewing room is definitely a place where I can go and just let my juices flow as far as creativity. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of smaller wall hangings that my mother made and a couple lap quilts that she made hanging on the wall. Makes me feel close to my mom. They give me a lot of inspiration. And I also have pictures that my mother drew as a young girl. She was quite the artist. I have a lot of those pictures hanging in there. Oh, wow. And I have a wonderful old office desk that was left in our garage when we moved here that has the door on the right-hand side that opens up and it has the shelf that pulls up that would have held a typewriter. Mm -hmm. And my home sewing machine fits perfectly on that. So it goes down in there and can be stored away. And it's a huge desk. So I have a huge top on it. And then I just kept my industrial sewing machine from when I worked. I got rid of the rest of my industrial machines, but I did keep that one. And that's in there. And I have an antique a spool chest in there and I have a little table that I can pull over to the end of my desk for when one of my good friends that's been a friend since we were young can come over and set her sewing machine up there and quilt 
we try every other month to go back and forth to each other's house and spend a day quilting together. And that's kind of an inspiration too, because if you're kind of in a slump, it's always good when you have somebody else there that's quilting that you can talk to and makes the day go fast and you get a lot accomplished. Yeah. What a special friendship. It is. It is. Yeah, we've been friends about, ooh, gosh, I hate to say this, probably 48 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 How neat to move back there to be close to your friends also. It is. You know, I've reconnected with a lot of people that I've only been friends with on Facebook. I'm one of those people that stays in touch with people. I mean, I have good, close friends from grade school. So it's really good to be back where I can spend time with these people now. Yeah. Do you have a quilting tip to share? Yes. Always be sure to put your name on your quilt and to date it. My mother was a really tiny person, and she used to put her initials in small letters rather than capitals because she said, why would I use big letters? I'm little. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. (laughs) So I got that from my mom to always be sure to, you know, whatever it is you're making, you know, whether it's a cross stitch or whatever, be sure to date it and at least put your initials, if not your whole name. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else you would like to tell me about yourself? I think I was just put here to encourage other people and to share the knowledge and the abilities, the God-given talents that I have. I came from a very, very talented family. My grandparents and my parents both just very, very talented people. My father was a master carpenter, and I have done my share of ripping walls out and putting new walls up and building furniture that I couldn't find exactly what I wanted. So I've just been really blessed with a lot of talent in my family. I feel that I have been given the responsibility to share that with other people. How neat. I so appreciate you sharing your time with me. Well, thank you, Paula, for inviting me to share my story. Uh Uh-huh. Thank you. Thank you. Uh Uh-huh. Bye-bye. I'm so glad you joined me for this episode of A Quilter's Life. You can find more stories on aquilterslife.com or subscribe on your favorite podcast player so each episode will be downloaded automatically. If you're enjoying this podcast, would you consider leaving a review as it helps others to find the show? Also, I want to hear about you and your wonderful quilts. Please contact me, Paula Chamberlain, through the website or a Quilters Life Facebook group to set up an interview. And as always, thanks for listening.